Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life, mixed with levity and joy. Welcome back, everybody, to One Single Thought. How are you doing, Heather? Great. Doing great. Good. Well, we just celebrated Valentine's Day recently, and I... It's, I celebrated Valentine's Day in a unique way. Oh. No, I did not have my own little dear Did Valentine. you have a date? I wish. No, <laughs> no date. But I did appear on a podcast with Molly Stillman. And the name of the podcast is Can I Laugh on Your Shoulder? Hmm. She interviewed me, obviously, after my book has been released. And we talked a lot about how, um, how to find strength from surrender. I share a little bit of my life story and some of the things that I went through and how the Lord got me through those. So I will put a link in the show notes for our audience to be able to listen to that. And Molly's great. I know her through our publishing literary agent. She shares the same one as I do. And in fact, Molly has a book coming out in March called If I Don't Laugh, I'll Cry. So I highly recommend you all checking that out. I'll put a link in the show notes. You can pre-order that book as well. But she brings levity to sadness and her podcast is great. So even beyond my episode, I highly recommend listening to her. She interviews a lot of really, really great people. So that's how I spent my Valentine's Day. But today we're not going to talk about Valentine's Day or love. We are (laughs) going to talk about... Uh, our minor prophet Jonah. In last episode, on episode 41, which I'll link in the show notes, we did an overview of the book about the minor prophet Jonah. So today we're going to look at a specific passage in the book. Yeah, we're going to look at Jonah chapter 2 and specifically focusing on his prayer, which is basically all chapter 2. What did that prayer mean for Jonah and what implications might it have for the future? So is there a prophecy there? And we'll talk about that. And so our one single thought today is that the story of Jonah is more than a big fish. It's more than a big fish. Because we're going to talk more about why the story is more than a big fish. So yes. let's begin, Rose, if you don't mind reading chapter two, but would you start in Jonah one seventeen to kind of give us a lead in? Sure. So before I read, I just I want to kind of set the stage of where we are Mm -hmm. in the passage I'm about to read. So Jonah starts by running from God. He hops on a ship headed to Tarshish, Tarshish, after God had told him to go to Nineveh. And while he's on that ship, a storm came and tossed the ship to and fro. And he knew when all that started happening that he was the problem. And so he told the sailors on the boat to throw him overboard. Uh, because they knew something was causing this this terrible situation. So that's what the sailors did. They threw him overboard because he told them that he was running from God. And this was punishment from God. And so Jonah goes overboard. But instead of drowning and dying, the Lord appointed a big fish to swallow him up so that he would not drown. And that's where we're going to pick up in the passage that, that I'm going to read. And we're going to start with Jonah 1.17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, 
into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. And my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good. I will say, Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So Heather, why, as we see this is Jonah chapter 2, is Jonah's prayer. It's, it's essentially the whole chapter is his prayer. Why did Jonah pray to God? Well, in verse 2, it says, Jonah cried out in his distress. So essentially, Jonah is driven to prayer by this horrible circumstance that he's finding himself in. He's inside a fish, which was it's pretty terrifying if you think about it. <laughs> yes. uh, so no surprise there. He's in the belly of a fish. He's got seaweed wrapped around his head. I mean, that's... That's pretty crazy. Uh, not being sure if you're going to even survive that situation in a normal circumstance. And of course, Jonah realizes that God is using this to wake him up. Essentially, God is um, shaking Jonah out of the spiritual pouting and moving him on to obedience. This is basically a wake-up call for Jonah. And in response, Jonah prays to the Lord. He recognizes the situation he's in. And that he needs to return to the Lord and fulfill his promise to be his prophet. So specifically in verse 7, Jonah says that when he was near death, he's at the end of his rope and he remembers the Lord. So an important thing to note about this prayer is that Jonah, he says things that come out of the Psalms. We see very similar phrases and figures of speech that we see in the book of Psalms. And so this shows us that Jonah actually knew the Psalms and it was common for people at that time, if they'd been trained in the scriptures, which Jonah would have been, to draw upon those words in prayer. So some examples, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple. So that's Psalm 18, 6. Deep calls to deep and at the noise of your waterfalls, all your waves and billows have gone over me. So we see that. That is Psalm 42, 7, and we see that reflected here in this prayer. Um, Psalm 31, 22 says, For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried out to you. So that's another psalm that's very similar to what we we're reading here in the book of Jonah. So looking at the prayer specifically, Rose, what else did Jonah say in this prayer? Well, in verse 9, he says, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Now, if you think about this, his current condition <laughs> was nothing to be quite thankful for. Um, I think, Heather, when you talk about the passage, the part of the passage that says he was wrapped in seaweed, it's kind of gross to think about that because it was yeah. probably seaweed that the big fish had eaten. But yet, he, he said in his state, in his situation, that not only was he going to sacrifice to the Lord, and keep in mind he had run from the Lord, but 
he was going to sacrifice with a voice of thanksgiving. Mm. And I think that's, that's, that's pretty significant. Not only is he humbling himself because he is willing to sacrifice, he is also doing it with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And he vowed and promised to keep, to keep it. At the end of verse 9, it says, What I have vowed, I will make good. And so he vows to the Lord that, that he will keep it. In a lot of ways, you know, he is saying, get me out of here and mm-hmm. I'll go to Nineveh. Um, he sees the consequences of running from God and he's willing now to truly to truly sacrifice and vow to do what the Lord asked him to do. Mm-hmm. In the end of verse 9, he says, I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And we know salvation is our only hope. And he sees here that he acknowledges here that God is his only hope. Salvation mm-hmm. comes from God alone. And so as he closes out this prayer, I think he makes it very clear that, you know, he, he is acknowledging who God is and committing to keep to God's command to him and vows to follow through with what God has instructed him to do. So Heather, what were the results of Jonah's prayer? When Jonah says in verse 2 that, I called out of my distress to the Lord and he answered me. And that, you know, that's, we were talking about Jonah's hope. That's, he knows right away that God will answer him and deliver him from this awful place he finds himself in. So he knows that God will answer him. And so God does answer. And we know that God hears our prayers. Uh, One example is in Micah 7, verse 7. But I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. In response to Jonah's prayer of repentance and this resolve he has to go do what he's been commanded to do all along, he's finally going to go do that, God delivers him from the big fish, and it says God speaks to the fish, and the fish vomits Jonah on the land. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Probably so. still covered in seaweed and yeah. innards, innards from the big fish. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure he did not smell very good. No. So what what are the lessons that Jonah learned from his time in the fish? I think that the main lesson Jonah learned came out of his disobedience. We know that he ran from God. He shut God out. He forgot about God as he ran away from God. I mean, he was going the complete opposite direction of mm-hmm. Nineveh. Um, and in essence, when, when he did these things, he's saying that he doesn't need God. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when we are disobedient from the Lord. It's, you know, we think we're just not following what he's telling us to do, but it's really a bigger statement. We're really saying with our actions, we don't need you, God. We know better than you, and we don't need you. Jonah, I think, learned, albeit from a very difficult circumstance, ending up in the belly of a fish, Mm -hmm. it's what it took to get his attention. It's what God allowed to happen. I mean, God allowed him to be saved through that belly of the fish, because he could have drowned. Mm-hmm. Instead, God put him in that situation um, for him to learn and for him to turn from that disobedience. And Jonah did. Um, he also learned that his plans aren't always the best. Mm-hmm. He made a plan and it fell apart pretty quickly. The minute he stepped on the boat, he knew immediately when that storm came yeah. that he was the cause of it. And so I believe he learned that God's way is the best way, even if it doesn't seem to be the best way. And I think we, each of us could share examples in our own lives of things that we would have done differently if we were in charge. 
God's way is the best way, even if it doesn't seem that way, even if it, if we would have written it differently. Um, Jonah's idea of a plan was to run away from it and maybe it would go away. And then I think the, the other, one other lesson he learned is that he remembered the Lord, which I think uh, confirms his belief in God, because when he was in that situation, in the belly of the fish, he didn't turn away from the Lord in that in that situation like he had been doing. He remembered the Lord and he turned to the Lord. And I think that even in our disobedience, we can run, we can hide, we can get yeah. into circumstances that are not fun, that have us wrapped up in seaweed. <laughs> but if we are in those situations and we remember the Lord and we turn back to him, the Lord is there. I mean, the Lord did never. The Lord never left Jonah, even though Jonah left him. So I think there's a lot we can learn from Jonah, from this story of how God is always a God of many chances. When we're disobedient, mm-hmm. not only does He give us more chances, but He even provides a way to rescue us from our disobedient mm-hmm. actions. Mm-hmm. So Heather, this account of Jonah was was also. A prophecy and a foreshadowing of what was to come. So can you talk a little bit about what Jesus said to the scribes and Pharisees in the New Testament, how that relates to our story today? Yes, so this account of Jonah, like you said, it's a foreshadowing of Jesus. That means it's pointing to something that's ahead. And you can look at Jesus' own words to show that this is the case. It proves it. So this is Matthew 12, 38 through 41. And it says... Some of the scribes and Pharisees said to him, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. He answered them, An evil and adulterous generation demands a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. The men of Nineveh will stand up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it, because they repented at Jonah's preaching. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. So Jesus tells the, these religious leaders that he will be in the grave the same amount of time that Jonah was in the belly of the big fish. And he goes on to say that while the Ninevites repented upon hearing Jonah's message, the religious leaders who are talking to Jesus at this moment, who rejected him, they are rejecting the one who is far greater than Jonah. So this is worse than any sin essentially it's worse than any sin the Ninevites could have done also as Jonah brought up the message of repentance and salvation to the Ninevites Jesus is bringing the same message of salvation that comes through him from God alone so this expounds on what happened at the time of Jonah what was going on with Jonah this is a a fulfillment of that essentially and we're seeing this in Jesus so Sorry to spoil it for all of you who thought that Jonah was just this kooky story about a guy that <laughs> turned into fish food, but this is this is something bigger because Jonah running from God and showing that you can't run from God uh-huh. and you will be held accountable. <laughs> and uh, in this case, God had mercy on Jonah and put him in a difficult situation where he had to evaluate what was going on and repent for not being obedient. But then also looking ahead to Jesus and how, you know, we see the, you know, see the Psalms reflected in Jonah's prayer, but we also see a foreshadowing of Jesus being in 
the depths of the earth, kind of like Jonah was in the depths of the fish for three days and three nights. And it's a reflection on what's to come. And uh, this message of repentance and salvation that's going to come through Jesus, even greater than what Jonah was proclaiming to the Ninevites. So this story is more than a big fish. It's more than a big fish. When you say Heather, the scribes and the Pharisees being religious leaders, well taught mm-hmm. from the law, probably knew the story of Jonah. Oh, absolutely. Pretty, pretty significantly mm-hmm. as part of their teachings and, and studies. So I love how Jesus does that, how he'll pull out, you know, something that he knows they're going to identify with and drops yeah. the mic about it. And they had no excuse. They knew the scriptures. They knew the prophecies. They had no excuse to see him and reject him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is our review of Jonah. We will be moving on to another book. We will tell you later what that is. Yes. <laughs> yep. Stay tuned yep. for the next Minor yes. Prophet. All right, Rose, share with us your one random thought. My one random thought, which is my one singing thought, is... We're back to singing. We're back to singing today. Mm. Is... Every breath you take. So whales. Now we know that the big fish may or may not have been a whale. But my random thought today is about whales. Whales are one of the few animals that can hold their breath for extremely long periods of time. While the average mammal can only hold its breath for a few minutes. We're an average mammal. Mm -hmm. Whales can stay underwater for 20 minutes or more. Now, the reason there is a reason for this, it is possibly due to the high levels of hemoglobin and myoglobin in their bodies. So hemoglobin, which we know from our own uh, bodies, it's, it, the proteins hemoglobin and myoglobin store mm-hmm. oxygen in blood and muscles. And so this, since they have such a high level of these proteins... It allows them to reduce their heart rate and actually shuts down some of their organs. So as a result, they use oxygen much more slowly than any other animals, which that allows them to stay underwater for extended periods of time. So it's it's very critical for them to be able to do this because it allows them to take a deep dive into the ocean to look for food or avoid predators. And they're pretty big animals, so they got to dive pretty deep to be not to not be found or to look for their yeah. food. So, yeah. That's fascinating that they shut down their organs. I never I mean, yeah. I knew about them being able to hold their breath for a long time, but that's yeah. interesting about the... They're pretty magnificent They can control animals. their organs that way. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Very crazy. So, Heather, what's our one Ricky thought? I don't think he can hold his breath for 20 minutes. He can't. But, you know, I see a lot of Jonah and Ricky. Because <laughs> he's stubborn. But my one Ricky thought is manipulation tactics. Mm. Ricky... Does not really beg for people food very much, except when I'm eating tortilla chips or popcorn. Oh, he likes the crunch. He likes, and he likes corn. Oh. Very weird. And especially if I'm eating microwave popcorn. Mm. And there's something about microwave popcorn that he loves. Before I get hate mail, I don't feed my cat a bunch of microwave popcorn (laughs) with chemicals on it. I'm usually eating like the natural popcorn. And he gets one piece. Mm. But <laughs> he loves that one piece. <laughs> um, yeah, he is. Uh, he thinks he's getting a lot of popcorn. And so what I'll do is I'll break it up. Like I'll get a big piece and break it oh. into little teeny pieces. Mm. But whenever he knows I'm getting popcorn because he can smell it. For example, if I'm working, I like to you know munch on popcorn while I'm working. He will 
come into my office and hop up in my lap. Now, Ricky is not very much a lap cat anymore. He used to be when I first got him, but he's kind of grown out of that, I guess. Except when I'm eating popcorn, he will get in my lap oh. and purr and slow blink and try to butter me up, being all sweet. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Give me some popcorn. Butter you up, no pun intended. Yes, yeah. yes. And he will do that to get his one piece popcorn. <laughs> And he'll continue to look up at me until I'm broken down enough to give him one more piece. And then usually he'll leave when he realizes he's not going to get any more or I'm done eating it. So he, Does he not he go try to my... take it out of the bag or anything? Sometimes he will paw out my hand and stuff. Oh, okay. He only stays in my lap when I have popcorn. That's funny. Now, do you <laughs> feed him tortilla chips? Eh, not really because they're pokey. Yeah. I want to poke him. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Because he kind of... He doesn't really chew them up very well. He kind of swallows them whole. I don't know if that's a good idea. But... Well, he is missing a couple teeth. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah anyway, he's a manipulator. great manipulator. Mm. All right, back to Jonah. Rose, what is our one single question? Our one single question today is, what have you learned and can apply from this passage? Now, let me make a disclaimer. We're not talking about eisegesis. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? Yeah. You know, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about taking truths from the scripture and how do we learn, what have we learned from those truths and how do we apply it? Yes. So Heather, what do you got? What I have learned, um, it's just a good reminder because I've learned it before in other passages, is that no one is beyond God's reach. And if you think of uh, Jonah being a rebellious prophet he's god's prophet so he's a follower of god but he ran from from the lord and was disobedient you can apply that scenario to a lot of things today with people who are wayward or people who are lost and you think of nineveh as well um the the people of nineveh and how they were wicked and god had mercy on them because they repented when they heard the message so i think it's just a good reminder that you know, if you've got people in your life who are not walking with Jesus and you're praying for them and you don't ever see change, um, it's just a good reminder that, that God is sovereign and he can save them. And we see in Jonah's prayer that he realized where he was wrong. And in his desperation, I think a lot of times when you're in a desperate situation, that's when well, really for everyone, when you realize you have no control over anything and you're desperate, um, if life is horrible and you need help, you need a savior, that is uh, what usually brings people to repentance, to salvation. And so we see that in Jonah and this passage is just a great reminder. This whole book actually is that nobody's outside of God's reach if he wants to save them. What about you, Rose? I think the lesson that I've learned from, from Jonah is just to follow God's call and not ignore his leading in your life. We see in Jonah how God gave a very specific message to Jonah, go to, the, go to Nineveh and preach to, to the Ninevites. And honestly, in today, today, you know, in our times today, I would give anything for the Lord to just speak clearly the direction of my mm. life. But we, we get that through prayer, through the, the movement of the Holy Spirit and just seeking the Lord in things. But I know in my life, there has been many times where I have felt a, a leading to do something and I've 
I haven't maybe run off and jumped a boat and went the opposite direction, but I definitely have delayed taking, making a move to do what I felt the Lord was leading. It might've been because of fear. It might've been because of a multitude of things, depending on what I felt the Lord leading. But as you know, as, as we've, I've heard this before is, you know, delayed obedience is still disobedience. And so when the Lord asks you to do Mm -hmm. something, you need to do it and uh, be ready to do that. Even if it's not necessarily what you would choose to do. And just with Jonah, his idea was not to go to Nineveh, but that's what God instructed him to do. And, you know, it's, it's important to follow. And I think to kind of tack off of what you said, Heather, Mm -hmm. What I found to be very comforting throughout the whole book of Jonah was how God was always near. And even though Jonah was disobedient, and he continued to be, I mean, even after coming out of the the belly of the fish, he wasn't always compliant. He wasn't, even at the end of the book, as we talked about in our last episode, you know, he still questioned God. He still was angry at the situation he was in, but... What I love is that throughout that whole book, God was always with Jonah the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's comforting to us that even when we fall into disobedience, even when we're not doing what the Lord has called us to do, if you're his, he will be there with you through it all. And so that that's, that's a great lesson I think um, I took away from Jonah. Good old Jonah. Good old Jonah. <laughs> all right. That wraps up our episode four today. And we will be back on March 7th. And we are going to do another Movies You Missed. We are. And what movie are we watching? (laughs) We are watching Sister Act. Oh, we are. I forgot about that. So it's available on multiple streaming platforms. So if you want to watch it, get ready for our next episode. We're going to come in hot with Sister Act. Great. All right. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And until next time. Don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 